A reading from Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 16. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The people uh, to whom Jesus spoke these words um, were apparently people who never really felt satisfied. John John the Baptist had come to them preaching uh, the word of God. And, you know, John was a great spiritual leader, uh, but they weren't satisfied. John, you know, he fasted so much and he lived in the desert and he practiced this kind of ascetic lifestyle of, se- of self-denial. And that's not what they were looking for. He has, he has a demon is what they said. They, they weren't satisfied. And then Jesus came, the Son of Man. And, you know, no one ever spoke like Jesus. He taught with authority. He spoke with compassion. He alone had words of eternal life and He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He restored the fallen and the broken, right? But, you know, he's always feasting with sinners, eating with tax collectors. This is not what they they were looking for in a Messiah. He's a glutton, they said. He's a drunkard. They, They were just, they were never satisfied. Jesus said that they reminded him of a bunch of spoiled children, you know, never happy, never content, We played the pipe for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you didn't mourn. It's like they're saying, you know, we we never get to play the game I want to play, right? Just not finding satisfaction. Uh, In 2003, they came out with a movie. You you might have seen it, Pirates of the Caribbean. And in the movie, there's this this group of pirates who have stolen uh, forbidden gold. Because of that, they're they're under a curse, and, and they are condemned condemned to wander the earth forever as disembodied ghosts, as spirits. And, you know, because they're on the earth, they still have desires, strong desires, but because they're ghosts, they can never satisfy their desires. They, they eat food and it goes right through them. They, they're thirsty and they drink something and it goes right through them. They, they can never be satisfied. That, that's, that's apparently the way that the generation of people in, in Jesus' day were. And, you know... Some would suggest that's the way our generation is as well. It, it, it just feels like we're, we're looking for something. We're always looking for something, and we can't find it. The, the average iPhone user, they tell us, t- touches his or her phone, get this, 2,617 times a day. We're just constantly looking for new information, looking for something. 
The, the average American, the average American moves 11.7 times in the course of their lifetime. And you know, there are good reasons to, to move and there are times when you have to move, but did you ever wonder what, why is it, we, it feels like we're a nation of people that can never, never sit still, never just stay in one place. Before Edison invented the light bulb in 1879, they, they tell us that the average person slept, listen to this, before he invented the light bulb, the average person slept 11 hours every day. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine getting that much rest? Where, you know, where, would, where would you find the time for that? Now, you would think we of, of any generation would have the time with all the, the, the time, you know, the time-saving conveniences and devices we have. There, there was a prediction, an expert made a prediction to a Senate subcommittee in 1967 that with the advent of more and more time-saving technology, they were predicting that by the mid-1980s, the average American would only have to work 22 hours a week and would have 25 weeks of vacation a year. <laughs> what happened? Right? It just, it seemed, you feel this way? It seems like we're always awake. We're always working. We're always on the move, always going somewhere, always doing something. We're always searching and never satisfied. Researchers at Ohio State University studied the use of dating apps by by singles who were suffering from loneliness and, and social anxiety. And those are very common emotional struggles, loneliness, social anxiety. And they found that the combination of those particular emotional struggles with, I guess, the logarithms that are on these dating apps led many, many people to what you could only call just uncontrollable, addictive behavior. They, they found millennials who will spend 20 hours a week looking at dating apps, just, you know, sweep right, sweep right, sweep right. She's out there somewhere. I'll find her. There's just, um, this is the way we are. We are never satisfied. Well, listen, it was to people like that, people, people like us, that Jesus spoke these well-known words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And I want you to notice, um, these are not words of ridicule, ridicule, all right? Jesus is not making fun of us here. All right, and these are not words of condemnation. Condemnation. Jesus is not scolding us. The, the, the words here, guys, this is a loving invitation. An invitation to anyone and everyone who's tired. Just tired of constantly looking. Tired of constantly seeking. Anyone who's tired of never being satisfied. This, here's what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Aren't those beautiful words? What, what an invitation. And in, in this invitation, I, I would say there are two main things that Jesus is asking us to do. He wants us to come to him, okay, and he wants us to learn. So the fir first thing Jesus says, he says, come, come to me. And, and the reason we need to come to Jesus is, is, is because, guys, 
what we're really looking for, whether we know this or not, what, we, what our souls are really hungering for is a relationship with God. You know, the, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. That means that you and I, we were designed for an intimate, personal relationship with the Creator, with the Almighty. And, and the reason we need to come to Jesus is because, listen, only Jesus can give us that. Only, only Jesus can give us a relationship with the Father. Look at what he says in verse 27. He says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Only, only Jesus can make the Father known. Only Jesus can reveal the Father to us. Now, I know that sounds very narrow, very restrictive, only Jesus. But I want you to understand, this is, these are very encouraging words to hear. Christ is saying that the way to know God is not to study more or pray more, give more, serve more, go to church more. Listen, those might be worthy endeavors, but you know, all, a whole lifetime of religious activity like that will never, will never bring you to know the Father. You see, what, what, what separates us from God, the Bible says, is our sin, the fact that we have, we have rebelled against the Creator. On the cross, Jesus atoned for sin. So, so, so the way to know the Father is to come to Jesus. That's why Jesus says, come to me. If you're, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're tired of constantly seeking something to fill the emptiness inside, Jesus says, I invite you, come to me. Now, when you hear that, a good question to ask would be, how, how does a person come to Jesus, right? Well, you know, the Bible never gives a specific formula for that. There's no, no special actions, no magic words. It's, it, it, and coming to Christ, if you hear people's stories, co coming to Christ varies from one person to another. What the Bible does tell us, however, is that coming to Jesus, in the sense that's described here, it always involves two things, repentance and faith. Repentance means you turn away from your sin. You, turn, you, you recognize that you've been living life on your own terms. You've been acting as if you are the Lord of your own life. You're your own God. And you, you decide to reject that way of living. You turn away from that. That's repentance. Faith, you know what faith means? It means trust. You, you, you decide you're just going to trust Jesus. You, you might want to express that to Jesus with different words. Just say, Jesus... I receive you, or Jesus, I trust you, or Jesus, I come. You invited me, I come. So Christ said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So the first thing he wants us to do, he says, if you're empty inside, you're never satisfied, you're searching, there's something lacking, the first part of this invitation, he says, the second thing he says is learn. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, a yoke, you, you probably know, is, is, is like a harness that um, is placed around the neck of an animal, a beast of burden, an ox, a donkey, an animal like that. And, and the yoke connects the animal 
to um, a cart or a plow that it's pulling. And, and, you know, why is Jesus telling us to take a yoke? Well, listen, in, in ancient Judaism, this was a, a figure of speech. When a, whenever a student was joining the school of a particular rabbi, a student wanted to learn from, you know, some famous rabbi, they would say, I am taking the yoke of that rabbi upon myself. I am yoking myself to Rabbi Akiva. I am yoking myself to Gamaliel, right? That's, that was the way that they would say it. And so when Jesus says, uh, I, I want you to come take my yoke upon you, or, or what he was saying is, I want you to tie your life to me. This is what they would do when they would yoke themselves to a rabbi. They would say, I'm, I'm, I'm tying my life to, to such and such a teacher so that this teacher's wisdom, this teacher's virtue, the way this teacher sees the world, these, these things will eventually become mine. And Jesus says, that's what I want you to do with me. I want you to tie your life to me. Let, allow your life to be connected to my life. Walk with me, live with me, listen to me, learn from me. He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. As He says, as you, you live your life by faith, connected to me, he says, you'll learn and you'll find rest. Now, apparently the yoke of some first century rabbis, I don't, want, I don't know if this applies to all of them, but the yoke of some first century rabbis apparently was a very heavy one. You, you studied under a rabbi and they were strict, they were demanding, they, they were harsh and judgmental. Jesus is not like that. <laughs> He is not like that. His yoke is easy, he says. His burden is light. Let, let me ask you a question. Did you, did, you ever have, did you ever have a favorite teacher growing up? You know, that one, you think back on your years in school, that one teacher, that year was just magical. She was great. He was great. I, I had a teacher like that in, in, in third grade. She never made fun of me. She never made anyone, anyone feel dumb. And, and she just, she made... Um, she made us excited about learning because she was excited about us as her students. Just a great, great teacher. Guys, I want to tell you, Jesus is that kind of teacher. Only he's even better. He, he says, if you learn from me, you live your life by faith, um, walking with me, trusting in me, um, you'll find rest for your soul. Now, now you'll notice if, if rest for our soul comes from learning, you, you can just infer from that that rest doesn't come immediately the moment you trust in Christ. Learning is a gradual process. And so this deep, deep satisfaction, this rest that you find in Christ, it, it, it grows, it builds over time as you learn from Him. Now you might be wondering, if, if, I, if I yoke myself to Jesus, what, what are the things that He wants me to learn? Hmm, how would you answer that question? I, I would say it's probably a lot of things. So, for example, he, he might want you to learn to pray. There's this special gift that Christ gives you of being able to talk with the Father, to talk with God. He'll want you to learn how to do that in, in ways that are natural to the way God has made you, ways that are just so meaningful and effective. He, he might want you to learn how to forgive people who've hurt you. Hmm, boy, that's a tough lesson to learn. But I'll tell you, once you learn how to forgive, once you learn how to forgive, all of life is sweeter. He, he might want you to learn 
to find your self-worth, your, your, your sense of value in, in Christ's love for you. you, you not, not to find your worth in, in your performance or your success or the opinions that others have about you, but to, to find your value in the fact that Christ loves you. Listen, I've been a pastor a long time, and I don't think I've ever met any Christian who hasn't had to learn that in the school of Christ. He might want you to learn to give, to, to give fearlessly, joy, joyfully, generously with, with, with your time and your resources. So these are all the types of things that Christ, Christ will probably want you to learn as you, as you live a life yoked to him as your teacher. But the, the point is, as, as we learn these things from, Je- from Jesus, guys, guess, guess what we find? Rest. Jesus calls it rest for your soul. That the, the emptiness inside that, that, that had you searching, constantly searching, trying to fill it. As you walk with Jesus, live with Jesus, little by little, that emptiness, it gets filled. And it starts to disappear. My, uh, my grandmother, my, my father's mom, uh, she passed away when I was in college. She was a woman who did not grow up in a Christian home. She, she didn't really hear much about Jesus growing up. And when she was in her early 20s, she, she visited a little church in the town where she lived. And she heard, she heard the message about Christ. And her life, her life was just radically changed. And I have been told that my, my grandmother's favorite hymn in the whole hymnal was uh, this one. Let me, let me read the lyrics to this hymn. This was, this was the song she loved. All my life long, I had panted for a drink from some cool spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within, feeding on the filth around me till my strength was almost gone. My soul longed for something better, only still to hunger on. Poor I was and sought for riches, something that would satisfy, but the dust I gathered round me only mocked my soul's sad cry. And then here's the chorus. Hallelujah, I have found him whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longings. Through his blood I now am saved. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich but free, untold wealth that never faileth. My Redeemer is to me. Guys, Jesus is offering all of that to you to satisfy your deepest longings, to feed your, your deepest hunger, to heal, to, to heal your hidden hurts. He's offering rest. Rest for your soul. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that... When you look upon us, you see 
the deep hurt and emptiness inside us and you don't reject us, you love us. And you invite us to come to you promising that as we come to you and as we learn from you, you will satisfy, you will restore, you will give us rest. And so we ask right now for grace to hear your invitation to respond with faith and to receive. In your precious name, amen.